0: So Shelly, excited to be here uh, in Low, Arkansas, in JB's office. Mm -hmm. So tell me a little bit about the history of this company.
1: Well, if you think about Mr. Hunt, he was a driver, and so we're founded by a driver. We have driver roots and, uh, you know, over a 50-year-old company. Think about right here in this office where we're at, you know, we have very special meetings in here, uh, this is where our team meets every single Monday, but it really embodies the spirit of Mr. Hunt and the innovation that Mr. Hunt constantly pushed our organization very early on. And, uh, and it's just started as a, a rice hole company mm-hmm. and started with refrigerated uh, trucks and now look at today, a lot of the things that we do today are really because Mr. Hunt.
0: So it's it's sort of embedded in the DNA of J.B. Hunt to innovate and you know, I look back to the intermodal operations mm. and how uh, J.B. Hunt as a company embraced intermodal when, everyone, when there was this diehard rivalry between the truckers and the railroads and one of the large trucking companies became an intermodal company. What, what, what happened?
1: You know, Mr. Hunt had a great vision. He had a vision of our future, of where we could go, and uh, he knew that things needed to change. He and Mike Caverty, actually, of the Santa Fe, really who thought about what if we were to fill in the blank and they really did that they filled in the blank as to what that could could be and for so long we were direct competitors to them and you you fast forward to today now it's just a part of who we are it's how we think organizationally I think mr. Hunt had so much to do with that
0: so in many ways people have said that you are that you are driving the company forward with 360 360 is the next great innovation for J.B. Hahn. Talk a little bit about what 360 is and where that's headed. Sure. So
1: 360 for us is really about bringing transparency and visibility to a market that has such a lack of efficiency, Craig. When you think about a third of three and a half million drivers, hours completely wasted every single day and the level of information we can bring to that, technology really can change the dynamics of what can happen. So of the market that's available, the three and a half million drivers, 2.9 million of those run for a carrier with less than 10 trucks. They are dependent on their phones, but we need to flip that dependency to not be for phone calls, but flip that dependency for data, for information, to really be able to get the right load on the right truck at the right time.
0: And is it is it is it primarily when you guys rolled up three sixty, was the basis about improving the life of drivers, or was it also making the process more seamless for shippers as well.
1: Yeah, I think both parts to that. When you think of an inefficient market, you think about, well, where's it inefficient? It's inefficient for both our shippers and for carriers. It's inefficient for us. You think about the level of people that you have to have inside uh, that traditional model, it just doesn't make sense. It's like being still in the travel agent business. Although it's a good business, technology can move so many data points, both to shippers and to carriers, that make both of them better.
0: Now when you guys were designing 360, I imagine there was a lot of internal conversation Mm. about competing against the broader part of the business. How did you guys decide as a company that we're gonna do this even if it competes or disintermediates our other parts of our, our enterprise?
1: What was great for us is we had already done that. So if you look back in our history with Intermodal, we were a massive trucking company. And when Intermodal really came into the the spotlight for our organization was when we started to see that shipments could move differently, even if that meant that we needed to do something with traditional trucking. You know, for us, we could change the driver's job. Think about that, Craig. A driver that's driving over the road every single day can now be at home every single night through an intermodal job. And although there's pain associated with that, it became a better way for not just our shippers, not just for J.B. Hunt, but also for our employees. So that concept wasn't new to us. So being inside 360, it's really about this. If you can create the most efficient way to move any good, No matter what what type of mode that you do that with, then it's gonna be very difficult to be disrupted by your competitor. So for us, we keep in mind our customer. So what's our customer looking for? What do they ask us? Our CEO says all the time, Shelly, what do our customers want? Is it logically adjacent and can we make money on it? Mm -hmm. Those are kind of the three big questions we ask all the time. We changed our focus to really think about it the way a shipper would look at it and then we started to put together what are the answers to that?
0: And it's all mode agnostic at the end of the day, right? It is. Freight freight moves in terms of time and cost. And by offering these solutions, you're actually lowering the cost for shippers, but more importantly, improving the life of drivers.
1: Yeah. And more importantly, I love that you said that, because at the end of the day, you know, we have a responsibility to our drivers, but we also have a responsibility. It's a great job inside America. And what we can do for the driving population as a leader inside this space, how do we help Things get better out on the road, being founded by a driver. We know what that looks like, uh, but being able to help all three and a half million drivers is really at the heart of what we're trying to get to. Do you think
0: at times that people, as they build technology, they forget the driver exists?
1: Gosh, we don't even know if they. I, I don't. I don't think about it that way. For us, we know that we know the driver exists. We talk to drivers every day. We were just uh, this weekend at the truck driving championship. And you know, if you don't know a driver exists, all you have to do is be around one for a minute. You know, my papa was a truck driver. Oh really, okay. But, and, and so when you, you think about it like that, it just changes how you think about, because it's not just technology. Mm-hmm. Technology can only do uh, so much. There are people involved in this business. You know, we will have drivers at the end of the day. We will have people it's a human interaction business. Technology just enables it makes it faster. The speed of information that transfers becomes that much better.
0: But one the things really interesting is a company based right here in Northwest Arkansas uh, is building these uh, innovations. And I think it's, it's you've built 360. Uh, you've reported in the, uh, the fact that this is a billion-dollar run rate business. You have to be pretty proud of
1: that. You know, it's exciting for us. Technology moves so fast, Craig. It's, it's um, we've built businesses before, but we've not built businesses based on the fundamentals of technology and speed. Mm-hmm. And so that speed is transacting into faster, easier, better ways to do business, and it's acce- accelerating our revenue as a result.
0: So I think about valuations in the Valley, and I get to spend a lot of time in Silicon Valley being venture-backed and talking to a lot of companies. Just put you in a VC valuation on the J.B. Hunt 360 business, it's at least a $3 billion business, but Wall Street has not yet responded to that. Does that, does that. does that drive you guys to prove that this is going to be a much bigger business than it is today? And do, or do you guys even look at that? Do you just pay any attention?
1: Um, you know, we don't really think about that. We think about like creating a more efficient way to do business. So if we continue to focus on that, Kirk Thompson told us very early in all of our careers that outliers don't last forever. And so for us, it's not about telling them, we just need to show what we can do with the data. And how do we make it better for drivers? How do we make it better for our shippers? How do we make it better for us as employees? Ultimately, our shareholders gain the benefit as well.
0: And as you, as that business just becomes bigger, there's more opportunities. And over time, hopefully Wall Street will reward you guys for those energies. One more thing I want to talk about is the box. Sure. Now this was a an interesting development. There have been discussions of people in the industry that that drop traders have been around for a long time, but you guys actually took the lead and said, not only are we gonna offer the solution to make the driver's life uh, more efficient, Uh, but we're also going to be proactive in putting these assets to work. A little bit about the thesis and what what you're hoping to accomplish with the box. So
1: drop trailers have been around for a long time, but they've not been available in a marketplace. So when you think about connecting the available capacity that's unused today with a box that's available for our shippers and drivers to take advantage of that efficiency, Now you're talking about a much better way to move shipments and goods, not just for a shipper, but also for a driver. So because we are a legacy asset-based organization that also is very large inside the brokerage space, the live, live freight environment, we recognize that part of the inefficiency is happening because they don't have the ability to have access to those big drop trailer pools at the shipping locations. So for us, bringing that to market is our way to really solve for About half of the market that still has significant room to improve its efficiency
0: and and in my mind the hours of service the Mm -hmm. hours that drivers have to drive if they're tied up at a dock that's a pretty poor use of time and the capacity constraint is actually the amount of draw hours the driver has to drive not the amount of trucks on the road and I think with box you guys are being proactive by actually giving the driver the ability who may not have a pool, to access to this freight that they normally wouldn't be. And for shippers, it creates a much more efficient environment for them as well.
1: Yeah, definitely, and you think about what you just said, the hours available. When it turned into being an hourglass, when the flip happens and now the sand is running through, that's really what we have to get after is uh instead of waiting two hours or three hours or really not knowing where you're going to get loaded you can move in a drop and hook environment be in and out in 30 minutes Now, Craig do the math on that 11 mm-hmm. hours driving time cutting out an hour and a half of waste more capacity that's upgrade.
0: that's hundreds of dollars each week you know a typical driver 70 dollars an hour is is if you look at the efficiency of what it costs a driver If they can be out in an hour it's seven hours a day of returned investment to their assets pretty important
1: well and and maybe just one more note but that's also 2.9 million drivers Mm -hmm. that are not necessarily available to those big shippers that are interested in having carriers drop a piece of equipment so it really connects both
0: you know I think about the upside in in all of the digital opportunities in this space you've got a billion dollar business which is the largest digital brokerage in the market today but it's still one, it's not even a tenth of a percent yet. I mean, we're talking about the fact that it's there's a massive opportunity in this nearly trillion-dollar log- domestic logistics uh, business. What's next for J.B. Hunt? Mm. Is, I guess 360 is going to grow, and what, what's next?
1: Uh, I would say just our next evolution uh, focused on shippers.